Deepening the Geek is a podcast for the geek and everyone. Please join your host, Peregrine and D-Man, each week as they discuss all the things that geek guys love to talk about from the sci-fi, fantasy, and comic genres. For movies, TVs, comics, novels, and games, seek out Definitive Geek. Available on iTunes or at DefinitiveGeek.automatic.com. I find their illogic and foolish emotions constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! Belong in the circus, right next to the dog-faced boy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four flushing, low life, snake licking, dirt eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood sucking, dog kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat ass, bug eyed, stiff legged, spotty lip, worm headed sack of monkey shit. <laughs> Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet. Scott Gardner. He's an asshole. And Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange. It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. Hello and welcome back to Two True Freaks. I am Scott Gardner and I'm joined by my best friend, Chris Honeywell. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing fine. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm stuffed full of sauerbrat and I'm in a mini sauerbrat coma. <laughs> sauerbrat. Yum, yum. <laughs> and we have the pleasure of welcoming two uh, first timers to our show. Uh, we're, we're returning the favor of them graciously hosting us and allowing us to uh, come play on their show. Welcome D-Man and Peregrine from the Definitive Geek Podcast. How's it going, guys? It is going well. Yeah, going good. Thanks. All right. Excellent. Th- thank you for having us on. This is going to be a lot of fun, I think. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've been wanting to get you guys on for a while, and uh, and I was listening back to, uh, to the episode of your show that we were on, and I was like, hey, we said something about... Uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, and I loved that movie. But I, you know, I've got it on DVD and everything. But I had only watched it just the one time, so it was a, a nice excuse for me to uh, to dig it back out. And I've been mm. trying to get Chris to to check out, you know, some of the the animated stuff because I've been telling him how good it is and everything. He's actually never watched any of uh, like Justice League or nope. or any of that stuff. So wow, I, hopefully this will uh, will have enticed him to. Uh, yeah, spoiler! It was a treat. It, it I I liked all of the three items that I watched for this show. Cool. Well, should we should we go ahead and drop that right right at the beginning? What what three we're talking about? Sure, that would make yeah, sense. Might, might as well. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> That's what the we're, show's uh, about. <laughs> yeah. The, well, the the primary thing we're going to be talking about is, of course, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, which was uh, a direct to DVD uh, movie. I guess you would say that came out. Well, it's about a year or two ago, right? And, yeah, uh, it sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, I think that was about right. And uh, it was a more or less an adaptation. It says in the beginning of the thing, it says an adaptation of the graphic novel, which always drives me nuts because it wasn't a graphic novel. It was 
what I think it was six issue, uh, the first six yep. issue arc of Superman, Batman, something like that. That's right. It's, um, it was the the event. It was the, I guess, project that Jeff Loeb jumped to after doing the Batman Hush. That's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was trying to remember <laughs> what the order was of of those events. Yeah. Now, now, are the Superman, Batman, are those? actually coming out as floppies or just or are they just like a solid book like it at, at that really time like, it was i i don't know i have to be honest i i never really kept up with the title i i, yeah. I read it in in cbrs you know after okay. it came out and there was all the hype about it and all that that i went back and kind of checked it out now it, it was kind of hit and miss in my opinion but that i remember that first six issue arc you know that that makes up this public enemies story and i really enjoyed it at the time reading it and everything so i didn't yeah, i have probably the first year of those mm -hmm. i was subscribed and and you're right it was definitely hit or miss there were some great uh plots in there i i enjoyed them re reintroducing which is the second movie they did as well mm. reintroducing um uh, uh supergirl uh oh, there's a there there's a lot there's plots a plots in there that were decent but some of them were just just seemed to go strange yeah but, uh, so i canceled my subscription eventually but it is still running as far as i know see i didn't realize the one with the supergirl was was actually as a movie because i'd really yeah. want to see that one that i would like to actually we could uh, we could all get back together and do that one another time it's, i would love to do time. that one and mm -hmm. maybe even bring in some more folks especially like michael bailey i would love to get more opinions on that one because I watched that one recently after putting it off a long time because I didn't like the story um, in the comics. So I wasn't sure that I would like the, the animated feature either. Um, but I did actually finally sit down and watch that just because I felt kind of obligated to see it, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so we're going to cover uh, um, Superman, Batman, uh, Public Enemies, and also... Just kind of, you know, in our conversation on that, touch on um, an episode of Justice League Unlimited called Clash, and also the recent um, direct-to-DVD. It was a, a, it's like a short, what, what do you call those things? It's like an animated short, animated... Uh... It was as long as, like, the Justice League episode. It was like an episode oh, was of a half long? hour. Yeah, it was like about, a, it was like 23 minutes long, so it would have been, on, it would have played on TV at a half hour. Yeah, that's is that the Superman, um, Captain America versus versus Black Captain Adam America? Return of Return of Black yeah. Adam. No, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I, yeah. I did that recently too. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing in one it's of hard our to keep all the captains straight. You know, it is it. Captain mm. Crunch, <laughs> Captain Adam. Yeah, you got a bunch of them in this just in this yeah. movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's the one. Okay. That, yeah, I almost bought that the other day. Actually, uh, if I hadn't if I hadn't already spent some money on some other things, I would have probably picked that up. But because um, because because I like I do like Captain uh, Marvel. So see, that was for me. That was the big um, geek out in this movie. Uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies was that, you know, I, I was looking forward to it when it when it was coming out on DVD but I'd only read the original six issue story one time. And I could only remember certain aspects. I remembered like, you know, Superman getting shot with the kryptonite bullet. I remember a lot of him and, uh, you know, Superman and Batman being on the run. But the mm. one big memory that stood out to me was that, of course, it had the fight between Superman and Captain Marvel. And I'm always a sucker for those. If Superman and, and Captain Marvel tussle, I am there. 
Oh and yeah. This was one of the better ones. You know, I, I yeah. really liked that that aspect. So even though the movie itself was supposed to be more about Superman and Batman and what was going on with them, that was the aspect of the story I really focused on was the fight. Mm-hmm. Very cool. So what did you guys think of this movie? I loved it. You lo- oh, that's good to hear. Now what, <laughs> what, what, now, what did you like about it, Chris? Did you... Uh... Well, I, I liked... Okay, uh, this is this is what my first thought of it is. I don't really know what's going on in this. I had heard about the storyline with Luther becoming president and all that. And, you know, I, it's been so long since I've been reading superhero comics. And even when I did, I was more of a Marvel guy. But I loved how it just jumped right in and started going, you know, with the mm. story. It gave you just enough information to know. And I was thinking, you know, if they made it this into a real movie, a, a, just a regular Superman movie, Joe Public could jump right into this and yeah. know what was going on, you know? And and instead of having it be just another revamped origin story or anything, it can go right into being like a comic book. And uh, it's. I started thinking, I'm like, maybe the superheroes aren't as alive in comic books or movies, but they're alive in animation. It, that yeah. seems to be the medium where the superhero stuff that I've seen really feels like superhero stuff that I remember, that, I, that I've enjoyed. You know, a, a good fight with a decent enough story to hold it together and keep it interesting. It doesn't have to be the most realistic story. I mean, there's a lot of things in the, you know, in the, the course of, you know, Luther being, you know, quibbles I had with how Luther... I mean, Luther technically was a murderer, so I don't know how many murderers convicted murderers would end up being president but and then just sort of thrown in the <laughs> thrown in the paddy wagon at the end you know right but uh well but in still the books, i don't it doesn't matter you know yeah in the books it was an overarching thing he didn't have to introduce um L- luther as the the president in the books because that had already been established in the dc world he was tasked with taking him out as it were Right. Luther right. had been president for a while. I'm not sure how long. Right. And well, that book. Justice League episode that Scott had me watch had that had the beginnings of that when he was right. starting to, you know, become a quote unquote good guy. <laughs> yeah. Th- yeah. Those those dovetail quite nicely into each other, don't they? Yeah, they do. And it's amazing because they're actually two completely different continuities because, yeah, exactly. you know, the Justice League was its own internal um, continuity, you know, which was very consistent and everything and used a lot of elements from comics. And it's just it, it's a beautiful uh, piece of symmetry that you can watch the Justice League episode and then watch this movie. And it almost feels like, OK, this is like a year or so later. Right. This when, is after when they're Luther's... actually two completely different continuities. I think that's mm-hmm. beautiful how it worked out. And it helps, too, that, you know, you've got all the major voice talent that worked in one is right in the next one. You know, you've got makes uh, a huge difference. Yeah, yeah, it does. You yeah, know, it's very got, consistent. Uh, Clancy Brown as as Lex Luthor, which, you know, I'm always a sucker for Clancy Brown. He's he's <laughs> awesome. Oh, you, you and me both, man. I I. Yeah. You know, Clancy Brown just—he's one of my—he's one of my go-to's. See, I was looking it up on the wiki earlier today just to see, you know, remind myself who was in the cast. You know, Allison Mack from uh, from Smallville, and of course uh, Tim Daly and and uh, Kevin Conroy from the original animated Superman and Batman series and the Justice League series. Uh, 
and uh, came across Clancy Brown, and I recognized a lot of the properties he did voices in, but I couldn't. So I went to to Internet Movie Database to take a look and see what his face looked like, and I realized that I recognized his face too, but I couldn't figure out where from. Uh, Kurgan, he was in was Starship Kurgan, Troopers. Kurgan. It was yeah. Kurgan was the one exactly. I started looking yeah. through it. You know, he had such a long list of video game and animated series that it took me forever to scroll down and find that he yeah. was in the Highlander movie. Yeah, the well, that's one thing. of his earlier things. Yeah. The one that that really floored me when I realized, and I think it was my kids that actually clued me into it, was that he does the voice of Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob SquarePants, and it completely (laughs) blew me away when I realized that. But there is a line toward the very end of this movie when Luthor is really starting to lose it, and he he delivers a, a line in kind of a strange sort of whiny weird voice and when he does that line it totally sounds like mr crab so it was, it was, very <laughs> cool. it was really cool but yeah i never would i don't think i ever would have put the two of those together if my kids hadn't pointed that out to me yeah no i've always liked clancy yeah. brown and, he, and he's got such a such a distinctive voice it's got he's got that those nice baritones and everything so it really works well that that what but uh you know he was in earth too and he was really good in that that was one of my favorite series that never went anywhere but um, <laughs> he was there's a lot Lost. of those. Um, I want to say that he played Kate's father, I think, on Lost. And uh, that I sounds about right. Yeah, new, I, I I was at the theater today and saw and watched Thor, and there was trailers for um, Cowboys and Aliens, and they did a lot of quick cuts. But I could have sworn that he's in that too. I at, believe at he is. Yes. Will, yeah. Oh, that'll that, be awesome! That, yeah, that'll be that'll be neat because you got you know that'll add a, have a whole lot of uh, you know good uh, good geek fodder in it you know with <laughs> with James Bond and Indiana Jones and now you've got the Kurgan in it too. Come on, that's a recipe for a win right there. <laughs> and the well, director for... of Iron Man, you know, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, John it's Favreau. Got a lot yeah. going, oh, it's, it's got a lot of going for it. Yeah, is John Favreau cool? Yeah, the first I, I... preview I saw, I was like, ah, you know, this could go either way. I don't know That's about this I preview, but then I saw John Favreau was directing it, and I was like, okay, I can, you know, he's yeah. got up a pretty till, good yeah, track up record. Up till now, I hadn't been impressed with any of the, the stuff I'd seen on it, but the new trailer that, that was in front of Thor, I saw that, and I was like, okay, I think this movie just finally won me over on I have to go see it now. Mm-hmm. All right mm-hmm. on. It does look really good. Now, speaking of geek fo- fodder, I found uh, in the cast, I found LeVar Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that surprised me. I, wouldn't, I didn't recognize his voice as, uh, as Black Adam, but uh, there he is. Well, it's funny because so we got cool. to the end of the movie and the credits were running and it said, you know, Black Adam, uh, LeVar Burton. And I said, did he even speak in this movie? I don't yes. remember what he even he said. He had a weird, like, Transylvanian half Arnold Schwarzenegger accent he had some weird you know like slavic accent mixed with a little arnie to to that's just, awesome because he was a big guy i guess okay well, this is sorry black, we black lightning sorry not black adam oh black lightning oh, yes okay, okay. yeah okay yeah so, okay lightning. that makes more sense <laughs> yeah they really should have had sinbad as black lightning though uh, uh, yeah yeah, because in bed, he did. He played Black Knight. Yeah, starting alive way back when, and, and Black Lightning. He's one of the most useless characters in the DCU. I'm sorry. Well, they even gave him extra powers that I didn't know he had in the in the video. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, he because, he was. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Darren. No, I said he was. He was uh, very much black exploitation back in the in, back in the oh, day. Yeah. You know, b- the big fro and and. Uh, 
you know, I shoot lightning because I'm black lightning. But, you know. <laughs> I'm black and I, have, I couldn't come up with a decent name. So we just, you know, put the fact that yeah. he's black in the title. <laughs> put, yeah. the, we'll yeah. put it right in his name. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I noticed in this. Uh, now, granted, I'm not horribly well versed on uh, on Black Lightning, but I thought Black Lightning was pretty much just a regular dude that shot lightning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he I is. Yeah, there were two instances in this where he should have died outright. When the one was when Superman, he plow. I'm trying to remember who it is he plows into. I want to say it's Power Girl, and then it's, he and Power uh, Girl. It, it, you know the is part Starfire in the movie. Starfire. Yeah, Starfire. Was, yes. Starfire. Yeah. Starfire. Yes, that's right. He See, plows into Starfire, and then they both plow into Black Lightning and smash a crater in the ground. With Black Lightning being the first one to hit, right. and, and he should so have burger at the bottom of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It should have destroyed him. And then there was another part when Superman creates the tornado and throws all of. <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to call them the Outsiders because that's basically who they all are. Was a lot the of them. Yeah. yeah. There was. Yeah. There was Katan and Black Lightning. Yeah. So they're like a hundred uh, feet in the air when fire. the when the tornado kind of dissipates and they all pl- plummet to the ground again. Just a normal guy should be killed by that. You would think. absolutely. <laughs> now, yeah. now it's funny that you mentioned that because I noticed that in a couple places, both, and it wasn't just unfortunately, it wasn't just in the. Um, I was watching the video last night, basically, and there were some things like that that actually frustrated me about it. And I remembered enjoying it a lot more the first time I watched it. I'm like, okay, well. Uh, I'm going to go back and see what he did with the comics. So I read the comics there just quickly, all six tonight um, before starting this. And he does it in the comics too. And what it is, it's exactly that kind of stuff. I mean, you saw pavement crack. You saw pavement, uh, you know, great big chunks of concrete that when you smashed a guy through. And I've always made fun of um, uh, Sky High for that. You got a guy who shoots fire and you have a guy who's super strong. The super strong guy punches him through a wall. All the guy can do is shoot fire, but yet he gets up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, well, they do it to Batman. The very first mm. scene you see Batman fighting Metallo. And what do they do? They smash him through a bunch of concrete. What is he wearing that he can get up and help Superman after that? Even, even, with, even with, say, protective armor, it would still... You can have protective armor, but it's still not going to keep your bones and stuff from, you know, you'll be like a turtle shell that's been just mushed inside, you know? Mm, Yeah. There's internal injuries and shock (laughs) and all that. I'm sure he has shock canceling armor, electronic shock canceling armor and all of that. But yeah, but in that that first, it was a little more reasonable because he only went through one tombstone. And, you know, mm. we've seen Batman and uh, later on when the which you guys wouldn't necessarily be aware of, but uh, the future version of Superman comes out and, and attacks him, which is a, a side That's plot that really right. wasn't necessary. And I'm glad they left it out of the out of the movie. But, you know, smashes him into one of the Batmobiles again. And it's just like, wow, can this guy ever take some punishment? You'd think he was super. <laughs> yeah. Well, but to be fair, I mean, he is he is pretty messed up at the end when they're when they're when they get buried in the in the yes. in the plot there and then have to blow out the bottom and and uh, sneak away in the sewers the sewers but it, that I mean that that fight with Metallo was pretty cool so I, that's yeah. my fa- my favorite part is when they're down in the sewers and they're just talking with each other and I'm mm. like you know this is great because in in the movies 
Batman and Superman always become kind of stiffs. You know, here yeah. they're joking around with each other. They have a sense of humor. They have camaraderie. <laughs> they're, they're like real human beings. You know, even Superman isn't, you know, when he's with when he's with Batman, he's with his buddy. So he's joking around. See, I'm really glad to hear you say that because I remember uh, when this first came out. I mean, I seriously raved about how, how great I thought it was and that I really enjoyed it. And I remember some of my other, you know, some of my online friends were like, really, dude? Because they seem kind of gay to me in this. And I was like, really? <laughs> I picked because... up a little on that myself. Did there you was... really? Because yes. I don't, I just see it more as, you know, I mean, this is how good friends act. You know, I, I mean? don't think it yeah. was. I don't, I don't know if it was purposely or whatever, but that, you know, yeah, they, they, but, you know, they're, yeah, they're really good friends. And hey, man. You know. Yeah. I mean, I, it ran was... buddy. I ran into a buddy of mine in the mall last night, and the first thing he does, he runs up to me and gives me a big hug because we haven't seen yeah, each I... other in a couple weeks, right? And it was just, it's just natural and certain, you know. But what well, impressed both me people about all of really that, don't Tyler. have friends. They really can't have friends. You know what right, I mean? Yeah. So well, yeah. That's all they got as far as their as buddies go. Well, yeah, that's a whole other conversation as far as, you know, how, how men, how male relationships are portrayed in, in TVs and movies. But you know, it, it wasn't Superman, Batman, uh, pubic enemies. It was it was public enemies. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, you know. well, what I was impressed with with that dialogue was because, uh, like I said, I watched it and then read it pretty much, you know, 24 hours later. Uh, is that it's Jeff Loeb's dialogue? It's directly, it's lifted directly, almost yeah. word for word. There's only a couple of editions, but like when uh, uh, Clark says something and Bruce says, lose the sense of humor, and uh, you know, Clark says, buy a sense of humor. That's right, <laughs> you know, all yeah, of that yeah. Jeff stuff is awesome. And of course, that goes back to our, our discussion on Superman uh, on our show with you know, you have to have a, have a you should have a comic book writer writing dialogue for movies and so it works well that they're they're you know even though they're animated uh, specials they're still they're still movie length usually or you know at least you know episodic uh, television sort of thing so it it does a better job translating if you have somebody who who understands the uh the, the books and stuff so yeah and but i you know if 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 hollywood had the guts to say make that make something like that into a live action movie and just went with it. I could hear the critics now would be like, well, there were a lot of big holes in the plot, but you know what? It moves right along. And you know, you've got this interplay between Batman, you know, the friendship between Batman and Superman and neither of them are wringing their hands over what's going on. Mm. They're, they're solving a problem and you know, you're, you're seeing how they work together and stuff like that. And, and I find that stuff, more interesting than them wringing their hands over emotional turmoil caused by being a superhero. So yeah, I, yeah. I, or their I love girlfriend. This. Every every superhero movie always has to throw in the obligatory girlfriend. Lois doesn't even get out? a line of dialogue. In she just gives him a hug at the end of the movie. It's just like <laughs> it was a bromance movie. It was it yeah. was the the, the she in the books. Like you know, sorry for referring to these all the time, but no, no, like I said, I, I just I, read I'm, them. So. I should have read them. I, 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 now I'm actually thinking I'm gonna go and read them just to. Well, add more there's context. some definitely some subplots that are unnecessary for the DVD. There's this Luther tries to uh, distract Bruce by planting information about uh, the killers of of the the Wayne family. 
uh, you know, and it's not true information, but he gets him hunting down a supervillain as a result and tries to right. distract him that way, but then challenges Superman and Bruce like puts his own stuff aside in order. So it's even more bro stuff, but then you get, you know, Lois is interviewing Lex. I mean, that's pretty classic there. Um, but again, it wasn't necessary and it would have slowed down the movie. Right. Yeah, There's it, whole it would have thing where the, the the families come in the the Superboy and Robin and Nightwing and and the then Supergirl, which was the the Brainiac trickster Supergirl. But anyways, and Steel and you know all these people come in to help. Oh, you mean Sorel? Is that the the one? She I was don't in know. She was outfit. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, please don't apologize for bringing up the comics because I wish I remembered that story better. I, I had intended to reread it before this episode and I just didn't uh, get the time to do it. So yeah, I'm glad well, you remember more of this than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I Is think there... if he would have put it to four episode four issues if he would if they would have said your story is going to be four issues this is what we want from you he probably would have cut that, all that stuff out too because yeah. there was a whole there was a whole issue where the the Superman Batman families came in to save Superman and Batman because they thought that they were captured by Captain Marvel and Hawkman and uh, it was really it wouldn't have furthered the plot at all it was just a cool action sequence to see okay how how does Robin and Batgirl, uh, how do they work as opposed to the Huntress? And how does, you know, they're doing the stealth stuff and the super family's doing the, the face first through the wall kind of stuff. And Luther, how does Luther take them all out? And then Superman and Batman have to come in and save them. You know, it, it really wasn't necessary for the DVD at all. It was, it was a cool comic because I'm a fan of both Tim Drake, Robin and Connor Superboy, but, I only liked it because I'm a fanboy, not because it was necessary. Right. But but the the movie, the the DVD definitely hit the high points of the story and, and yes. got the main pl plot points right. and left but even set some that, of them up better because of all of these little plots that were sort of drawn out in the books. Yeah, there, they, there were some things when like the whole thing about Metallo being yeah. uh uh that killed. worked so much better in the in the movie as him being oh. Luther's bodyguard as opposed to the see I I really was random didn't like after final uh, excuse me uh, infinite crisis where they um, did like sort of a mini you know reset button push with Batman to where all of a sudden he did not know who had killed his parents yeah I always kind of hated anymore. that yeah I really never liked that so that was a big subplot running through that story and yeah. I'm really, really, really glad that they dropped that, and uh, they managed to salvage everything of the Metallo fight from the from the comic story. They just put it a little bit later in the in the story, and you know, but perfectly integrated it anyway. And I thought that was great. I really yeah. liked that. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, it actually set it up better and made more sense when, basically, in the in the stories, you know, uh, they in the DVD. They say that Clark uh, or that Superman killed Metallo. He's going rogue, et cetera. Et cetera. So we got to bring him in for our protection and for his protection. You know, that made sense in the DVD and it was a nice setup. In the comics, it's not nearly as clear. I kept wondering why are people believing, Luther? other than the fact that he's president, why are people believing Luther? There's no reason to believe that this great big rock coming from Krypton uh, is Superman's fault. And that's 
that's is that what it was in the original story because i was trying to remember what they were pinning on superman in the original one and i couldn't remember well they were they were pinning him on the death of metallo wasn't weren't they still in the book not in the books no okay just in the they were they were just pulling the the kryptonite meteors making superman insane um, thing in this which i thought was a great because at that when when they introduced that that was about the point where i was thinking I don't know how what percentage of people um, Lex Luthor, even though he'd re, you know redeemed himself, I I believe that people can change their PR to like change public opinion. But when it came right down to nitty gritty, I'm like, how I think more people would be would be put their trust in Superman. But the whole that he's going a little goofy because of the the, the that that sort of made they'd sense. be more proof. I think they yeah. would need more proof, though. This is this is Superman. I mean, it, nobody yeah. has better PR in the in the DC universe. Well, he had that doctored up video that, and plus that plus a doctored exactly. up video was enough. Which they didn't have in the books. Which is that's that's the kind of setup that I'm talking about that was missing from the books. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it so that wonderfully the, in the DVD. Yeah. It did, and I was wondering. I'm like, wow, Luther's showing his hand to Superman really, really quickly in this. You know. <laughs> And then I real, and then you know you'll realize later on that it was all just a setup, and that he was you know using the whole thing as just you know something that he could that he could twist. Right, and of course, and uh, I mean we knew right off the bat who was, who actually killed Metallo, um, and and mm-hmm. ma- and Major well, Force. I forgot so, actually. I thought well, maybe it was Captain Adam because I knew that he had no. to be redeemed yeah. through the story. Yeah, no, but, I knew, uh, I knew, I, I guess as soon as I saw it in the shadow, I, I couldn't, hadn't remember who did it, but as soon as I saw the silhouette, I knew it was Major Force because Major Force is a is a raving psych, psychotic, and oh, yeah. I don't even, I, and he's the arch foe of Captain Adam, but yet the two of them are working together and they're almost like buds, you know. It, so it, it's, yeah, in the that, books, that ear kind of it me. clear why he picked the team that he did. Like Captain Adam's in charge and he picks the team, and right, but it made it sound like the one person that he didn't get a chance to pick that luther pick form was major force okay and uh so as a result he he picked um katana and power girl because he knew that they would be loyal to superman and batman okay um so that they would keep everybody in check and it's exactly what happened you saw it happen with power girl in the movie but it also happened with katana yeah she's the one in the books who breaches um major force Oh, okay. She cuts him. Oh, okay. That's cool. I'm going to cut you. <laughs> That's one of the things I was really, really impressed with in this movie is their use of a lot of characters that, you know, I mean, I've seen this movie for rent at, like, say, the Red Box, you know, in front of Walmarts and stuff. I mean, I would imagine that the average person that, while I'm sure that they would know who Superman and Batman are, you know, would pick this up, and there'd be a whole lot of characters in here that it didn't aren't matter. Really, that was really me. Even... Yeah, that was but me. I loved the that. average idiot watching it, and I didn't know. <laughs> but you get enough of you get enough of an idea. You know, I'd see. You know, I I recognize Starfire from Teen Titans when I used to read Teen Titans. Right. And you know, but it it, it didn't matter. They they put them in the. You know, you figured out their characters. The characters that didn't just. You know, some characters just showed up. And got in a fight, 
And that's fine. It, it, I wasn't sitting there gnashing my teeth going, who are these people? What's their motivation, <laughs> yeah. you know? Now, that's, see, that's one of the, the fights I really loved was the big throwdown with all the villains. Like you had, you had, you had yeah. Mr. Um, you know, Captain Cold and, and uh, uh, what's, that, what's the, the chick, the icicle chick? Killer Frost. Killer, Killer Frost and, and, uh, and, uh, Mr. and Blizzard, Mr. Freeze. Yeah, you had icicle, four or five yeah. of them in the, and uh, the icicle—that's the other one I'm thinking of. And then, of course, they're being controlled by Gr- uh, Gorilla Grodd, so who's a who's a Flash villain and stuff, and uh, Night- Nightshade and everything. So that was really well done. That's another scene that was the storyboard was taken almost directly from the books. I mean, when when Grodd's voice comes out of Nightshade and says, "Even the lesser ones have some use when you put them when you use their powers the right way or whatever," mm. that's a line directly lifted from Loeb. Even some of the shots of how they were fighting. Okay. The whole tornado thing at the end, everything that was right out of like Ed McGinnis was the artist, and it, it's like they used him as the storyboard artist because it's yeah. it's almost direct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the animation style done in McGinnis's art style was just fantastic because well, he's one of those artists where I'm I'm kind of like, eh, you know, I I like some and I don't like some, mm, but I thought they yeah. they did just enough of it so that it looked like his art style, but it still was like almost the classic Timverse stuff as well. And yeah, it was really nice. Yeah. I love the yeah. animation. Ed, Ed McGinnis uh, is, very, is very cartoony, I would say. Like I yeah. like I like him in the books that you know the Superman Batman books, and and it works well for the the DVDs. But I don't know if I'd really want to see him on a real serious book. Mm. You know, you know, well, even doing action reasons. or adventure yeah. or whatever. Well, that's one of the reasons why you know, like the everybody's saying the new Hulk stuff that's been coming out is really really good. But I look at it and it does look extremely cartoony to me, and I don't see mm. the the Hulk as a cartoony character at all. You know, I, I see him very much as a as a force of nature type of thing that should have a lot of you know smash and destruction in it. So I. I see, you know, I can't get past the covers on those books, to be honest with you. <laughs> they just look kind of kind of silly to me. They they remind me of the old 80s cartoon Hulk that, you know, Stan Lee would do the, the intros to at the beginning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the, the animation kind of bugged me a little bit in a couple of places uh, when I watched it last night. And I'm just like, why did they do it that way? And one of the one of the examples is how Power Girl is drawn. Because I'm I'm used to yeah. <laughs> seeing her drawn differently, like her face and her hair and such. But then, like I said, I dug out the books and I go, "Oh, that's what they did her hair like that." Because Ed McGinnis did her hair like that. I didn't realize. Yeah. I forgot. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I my, can't my, fault the animators at all. <laughs> yeah, my wife uh, walked by while I'm watching that uh, Sunday afternoon. She sees Power Girl. She goes, "Well, that's she's got quite the chest." It's like, they, <laughs> and they, they drew got, in the lines for the clean. They didn't just leave it. I've seen other versions of Power Girl where the big hole is, you know, that that part of her anatomy is proportionately large, and there's a big hole in the middle of her costume. But in this one here, they actually put the lines of the cleavage well, and everything. Well, and I was well, well there would be. There would, well, the kid, what was the toy maker or whatever? The toy he maker. Actually, yeah. He actually mentions them at one point. Yeah. You know, so, is this going to work? Our Power Girls. Shut up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that character, I mean, he was right out of that. That's when all of a sudden the movie became some sort of anime or or yeah, something. You know, that was transform, the one Transformers part and of, yeah, that and was he the was one sort of like Speed buy. Racer. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. like that in the book either. That yeah. was just meh. 
I love the me. composite Superman nod, you know, the the nod to that character. Because I yeah. always was a sucker for the composite Superman. I don't know why, because he's one of the most <laughs> ridiculous characters ever. But I, I used to love him when he would pop up. So I liked the nod to him right. with the giant robot that resembled him. But yeah, I could have got totally done without the whole, you know, uh, giant, uh, what do they call those? Gundam wings, you know, yeah, and all that yeah. crap. Yeah, I just... Not a fan of that well, whole culture, to be honest know, with you. Remember when we were talking earlier about the gay subtext? Do you think right. that anime and, and maybe throwing in a little gay subtext was like giving, throwing out a little meat for all the fan fiction type people, you know, the slash mm. fiction people? You know, nothing nothing overt, but just enough for the people with vivid imaginations to go and write their stories <laughs> I, I about. Don't. And I, those are the same people who a lot of times are big anime fans, so... They, you know, well, just, I don't know about that. I, I just, I, to me, that, that you're, I think it's taking something that's meant very innocently to to show, you know, good friendship between two. Oh yeah, two guys no, that that's, that's finally the bottom found line their of it. middle and, ground, and and I think people sometimes take a kind of sick pleasure in taking that and twisting it into something else. Well, you know? I, yeah. I, I, I think, I think that it's the that sometimes it's the it's. Put it, I I don't know. I would think sometimes that maybe you know, because that's just a huge slice of fandom, but you know, bizarrely, you know. And it and, and it is hard to say what the writers were thinking. I was if thinking they put but, someone in a first suit, like in a teddy bear suit or something, then it would have been obvious if they were like <laughs> trying to appeal to the furry audience or whatever. Oh but. my! Just a th- I'm just floating out a theory. I think that's one it's, of the it's entirely possible. I I didn't read that into it myself. But maybe that's because I'm not a fan of that stuff either, you know. Right. But uh, I, yeah, I certainly did, didn't. I wouldn't have thought to go that direction. I guess is a, is my best way to to put it. But it, it wouldn't surprise me. Well, I if mean, in it's, the back it's like, room somewhere. Somebody said, "Oh, I'm gonna throw it's this." There, in just it's because. there for the people who want to re- read into it, and it's not there for the people. You know, it's just sort of. Yeah. It's just sort of not subliminal, but you know, because. Yeah, <laughs> just a theory. Because I was thinking that when I was watching this, I'm like, why? Why is all of a sudden this? Because the the whole feel of anime has sort of been integrated into modern cartooning anyway. Yeah. So I expect that just in the general flow of it. But towards the end, yeah, it's like, you know, obviously, if I was a Transformers fan or a Gundam Wing fan, I'd be yes. <clears throat> <laughs> you know, this is really cool. You know. But I was like, oh, trans- Transformers, and the kid had the the spiky hair and even the, the sort of, you know, broken... Um, the, the broken English. Broken yeah. English and the sort of weird way of talking, like, hey, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 yeah, yeah, you know, this sort of thing. Oh, what, about, what do I do now? Oh, no. Yeah, that, they, that, was, that was very stereotypical... Uh, um, and not necessary in my book. I don't think it. Well, I don't think it really worked. It. It, it was. It was sort of. Dis, it sort of disconnected it at that point. It, it took this. It took a little bit of the serious feel of what things had been done. You know. But at this point, Superman and Batman were renegades against the president of the United States, who was going insane on steroids, a steroid and right. kryptonite cocktail. You know, and was going out of control. While meanwhile, a meteor's coming to wipe out the planet. Yeah, and then now, all of a sudden you're you're in Speed Racer. Now, right. part of the reason why the uh, animators may have chosen to go that way is because Jeff Loeb did. 
Uh-huh. Oh, All right. of that stuff is in the book. I thought it was ridiculous in the books. That's where it broke um, my, I don't want to say the suspension of disbelief because I, I, it's not like I believe any of this stuff. Yeah, it's you necessary know? for all of <laughs> but, it, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, I didn't think it was, it was kind of like the end of, of the Watchmen book for me when this giant <laughs> when the weird squid thing up. came out of nowhere. Yeah, I was where like, you're, where what? You're like, yeah, I'm willing to suspend my disbelief, but at least throw me a bone here, you know? At yeah. Least, <laughs> at least make it a little easier for me. <laughs> it's like, what is that? <laughs> you know, and, and mm. yeah, the big, I mean, I actually found that they they came up with a better reason for it in the in the DVD than they did in the books. In the books, they don't describe it at all except to say, oh, why are we using a 13-year-old boy? Because he's available and he's and and it'll work. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll have to put up with this. But in in the um, DVD, they added some dialogue and said, oh, "I'm sorry for the design. I designed this like when I was eight and I was going through real fanboy phase. But hey, it's a uh, it's a quick design and and at least uh, you know it has manual uh, controls rather than completely guided. So when uh, Lex Luthor, hint hint, is about to destroy the uh, computer guidance system, at least we'll have some way to control. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. as soon as he mentioned that it had that, he's like, "Well, it's got a manual control, but it's you know, it's not really. We're not going to use that." I'm like, "The hell, you're not going to use it. Otherwise, you would have brought it up right now." <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. And in the comics, they should have brought it up because you're sitting there going, "Why do they need someone to pilot it anyway?" Yeah. And they didn't bring that up in the comics, so it's just like. Why no, is Superman gonna pilot this and kill himself see that, with the kryptonite radiation? See, see, that's that's the weak part of the of the the whole thing, you know, books or movies, because or the movie, because really, in, after after you know Lex proved himself to be you know working both sides and and up to his own devices, it would end up being Captain Adam going out. You know, flying out in the space and and some of the other ones and taking care of it because he because of and all the superheroes, the yeah. So in, in the, books, in the it was Captain Adam. Okay, yeah. Okay, sorry. Because it's been a while since I read the book. Not only, uh, well, basically, the the premise of the book is that if Superman goes out and does it, he succumbs to the kryptonite radiation long enough to pass out and not guide the ship properly. Right. The, the uh there's extra radiation on top of that that even if it had worked uh doesn't get dealt with he, he would have got killed so, anyway yeah so so super no superman is the only one left oh, okay he survives barely but the entire earth gets wiped clean of of you know living beings and as a result he's living in guilt for years and years that's why future superman comes back and tries to stop himself uh, okay right but um that's all that sub plot that you really don't need in the dvd right uh, but that's why captain adam goes out he says i'm the only one who could do this because not only am i not going to be susceptible to the to the kryptonite when i get close to it i can also absorb a lot of the radiation yeah um when you know so that the background radiation from all the pieces flying around because as you notice and this is what what leads into the supergirl plot is there's still big chunks hitting the earth Mm-hmm, right, mm-hmm. you know, it it breaks up, but it's not gonna. It's not the size of Australia to quote, to quote Lex Luthor. It's not the size of Australia anymore, and it's not going to cause any major disasters. But there's still big chunks of kryptonite rock hitting the earth, and and yeah, and that's and that's why they're cleaning it up. Yeah, yeah, it fuels a lot of the the supervillains who are looking for that kind of stuff, and it it gives the heroes something to do for a while while they try to clean up, you know, this mess and hide Superman in the meantime, and then while they're cleaning it up. 
and this leads into the apocalypse movie, which I rented but haven't had a chance to to watch yet. Um, and there's a big piece of kryptonite in the Gotham River. He goes down in his bat boat, whatever the bat boat's called, and uh, discovers it. And there's a kryptonite ship in there, and it's empty. It is open mm. and empty. So it's like, okay, what what escaped from the ship? And right. that that leads into the to that movie, but and that that the comic plot. No, but, I had uh, completely forgotten that. It'd be interesting to watch <laughs> these two back to back and see if one movie does actually lead into the next as the the comic arc. As the comics lead did, yeah. Into the next, I, I really don't remember. That's cool. Yeah, they they would they would have to. I mean, even. Mm-hmm. Because they're coming from, if you look at the coming from the source material, and I have not seen the the DVD of so Superman Batman Apocalypse is that what it is? Yeah. Yes. yes okay. Sir. See, I I I was I was thinking much of myself like, man, I, I wish they would do the one with Supergirl because I love that particular book. So and I didn't because I wasn't aware of the the apocalypse that was the apocalypse one. So. Yeah, but, I'll uh, I can bring it over Friday night. You know, <laughs> I got right. it for a week. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I might have Let's to do watch that. that and we'll, we'll we'll reconvene and we'll we'll discuss that one as well because I'd love to get opinions on that. Cause, oh yeah. Yeah, I honestly I I didn't like the uh, the the story and the comics, and then I I watched the movie. You know, like I say, just out of a sense of obligation, and I didn't really like the movie any more than I liked the story yeah. that spawned it. So well, well, have you seen the uh, the Crisis on Two Earths? Yes. With, with, the, uh, with the okay, yeah. See, I, I own that one. Yeah, I do, and I I've always liked the crime syndicate, so that's that's one I got to uh, I've got to uh, watch again and again, sort of thing. So, but um, you now we you were also talking. Have we have we have we talked enough about the the DVD, or is there anything else you want to hit on with the DVD? Well, or actually, you I thought the theme the, music was a ripoff. I was just gonna mention the. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you know what? That was funny because I start I start listening to music and and the first thing I I hear is I'm just waiting for Chris's uh, uh, no, o- o- voiceover to come in. It's like it's like oh, that's where they got the music. I'm you know, going. Where is this music from? They recycled this music from somewhere, <laughs> and then it didn't get to the part. But when it got to the part where yeah. you hear two true freaks, I was like, oh, okay, we recycled this shit. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for all that's the. Awesome. I'm just waiting for all the uh, the, the overdub to come yeah, in Hulk and like, smash. Yeah, Hulk smash, and I'm I like you guys. I'm sitting there thinking, I've heard this before. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> mm. What's well, uh, the score for this was done by uh, by Christopher Drake, and he's done most of the scores for the the new DC stuff that you know the the direct to DVD movies that they've been putting out. Because he did also he did uh, uh, the Wonder Woman movie, which is excellent, by the way. That one, if you guys haven't seen it, that one's really really good. Okay. Um, but the, the special woman. features on the DVD uh, have have sort of the making of or or what have you of that. And I I I I heard bad reviews of that one. And so when I'm watching this, I'm like, it doesn't look as bad as people told me. Yeah, oh, no, it's it's good. It is. Now, do you have all those on uh, all those soundtracks, uh, Scott? Uh huh. Yeah, I've got. Okay. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. There was one or two other. Well, one that the Crisis on Tours that we just talked about. He was one of two composers on that. The other one being uh, James Venable that uh, uh, does uh, Star Wars, uh, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Okay. The series. Um, so that you know that was a collaboration between the two of them, and I I believe the other one that he did, um, 
was Batman Under the Red Hood, which was also a really good okay. I would yeah, really like nice. to see a Clone Wars TV show soundtrack release because there yeah. was some really good stuff on that. Yeah, I'm surprised there hasn't been one yet. Well, weren't they still developing the, the live-action Star Wars? On, I know this is a bit of an aside, but... It's, it uh, sounds almost like it's up in the air now. It sounds like okay. they've sort of given up on it till it becomes cheap enough for them to do it. Okay, so the it's way still they not. Want to. Yeah, and of course, Wonder Woman, the, the TV show, the, the pilot's dead, dead in the water. But Woo-hoo! which, well, well, what I'm hoping is they come back and retool it, and then they do it proper. So, because I had no problem with her and and the, no, the costume stuff. Take out but, the Ally McBeal. You know, yeah, oh yeah. Well, yeah, oh. Dave, Dave Kelly has no business being anywhere near that that uh, light property. His, but it was all his pitch, though. So I mean, they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything that has anything to do with with the way he was gonna do Wonder Woman without him because he's mm. the one who made the pitch. But yeah, but DC may want to go forward with something else. You know, yeah, because fans are obviously interested. They're interested enough to rip them apart. So yeah, well, well, hey, listen, people are interested. Thor is doing really good. Maybe they'll oh, get, yes. you know, some mythology. Maybe they'll come at it from a mythology point of view too and, you yeah. know, have have a little more going on with that instead of it, you know, being her spinning around. Scott doesn't care as long as she's got the suit right and she spins around and runs from the <laughs> background to the, the foreground. Jiggle. That's all I really care about. It, it reminds mm-hmm. me of uh, Joey and Chandler on Friends watching Baywatch. They're running. They're running. <laughs> yep, that's it. She's got to be uh, statuesque. She's got to be sort of classically Greek, and she's got to have jiggle when she runs. And I'm, oh, I'm yeah. good. Yeah. They, uh, I, don't care I think they need solved. to have uh, a cameo. Maybe even have uh, Linda Carter as, uh, oh, as oh, Linda oh, Carter, right? Yeah, Linda Carter has to be uh, Queen Hippolyta. That would be awesome, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's it has yeah. to be. There's, there's, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. But, but anyways, Absolutely. but soundtrack, so the sound design in this was really good. The sound oh, effects, yes. every, you know, yeah. I, I noticed whenever like a bus would get picked up or a vehicle, you could hear the crunch of some metal getting crunched in their hands, and yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah, it was. Jim it, has so much experience doing the animation, so he does such a good job. Mm-hmm. Right, I mean, he's, uh, that, he's the executive producer on this one. Yeah, and uh, I mean, he's been right through. I don't know which animated series he started on, but I know my my ten uh, year old will watch uh, if he's got a two DVD set of uh, of any movie. You know, whether it's a Pixar movie or whether it's he will sit there and watch the movie once, and then we'll watch the special features over and over and over. So I know a lot <laughs> about making these movies now, and uh, so I hear I. You know, we've got Batman Beyond, and there's some nice interviews with Paul Dini and and Bruce Tim and these guys on those DVD sets. And I have heard my son, you know, play those over. How old is he? He's ten. Oh, so he's probably taking a little artistic bent because he's all into the how-to. It sounds like. You yeah. Got it. Yeah, he is. He is very artistic. So <laughs> yeah, because he's watching this stuff and he's going, now how do I do that? That's what Scott and I were when we were little kids. We were like, you know, fascinated with you know. Once we saw it, we were just like, okay, how did they do that? You know, yeah. mm. right. he wants me to set up, uh, and I need to get the top of my tripod uh, back from. Uh, that's not a euphemism. Back from <laughs> G-Man, <laughs> but uh, uh, he wants me to set up a little a little uh, studio 
for him to do uh animation. Uh, what is it? Uh, stop, stop motion, motion. animation yeah. with his Legos. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like and kid now you he, rock. Whose yeah, kid well, are you anyway? <laughs> nowadays with nowadays if you have a digital camera yeah, you can sit there, put a nice big, you know, nice big, big memory stick in it, and just take do your stop motion like that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. A decent editor, and you're together. good to go. Yeah, yeah. Plus, uh, I have a little bit of experience doing CG animation, just really minor amateur stuff. Uh-huh. But it means I could I could put in a, a background, a painted background and stuff mm-hmm. for him after the fact and. Well, hopefully we'll we'll be able to come up with something. Uh, he's really stuck on Pixar products, so he's uh, he wants to do something. He he built a, a little miniature Wally out of uh, <laughs> out oh, of Lego. That, that, it's that's very really recognizable, cool. you know. Yeah. So, anyway, that's obviously an aside. <laughs> but I love asides. That's our bread and butter. Yeah. It is. <laughs> We're all about the asides. And anyway, tw- uh, twenty years from now, if he ends up being the next Spielberg, we could say, hey. We were there talking about that kid on our show when he was ten years old. Yeah, we we, we called it right there. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I'm I'm proud of our, our uh, Scott, the guy we who did the Star Wars Begins, mm-hmm. just was on the BBC. Oh no way! Yeah, so he was he he. I haven't listened to it yet, but he just did a, an interview. I don't know if it was on TV or on the radio, but he did an interview with the BBC. Well, he better have plugged us. I, yeah, I seriously <laughs> doubt it. <laughs> I would, man. I would. <laughs> you get me on the BBC, I'll plug him, though. <laughs> mm. he, should, he, he should have said something like, you know, I was nothing until those two true freaks guys Until they noticed me. me. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody was paying attention until that moment. Right. There you go. But, well, uh, what so, else do we got, fellas? Uh, well, we, you, were, you want to talk about the JLU episode with... Uh, with Superman and uh, Captain Mar- uh, Captain Marvel. Now that's got to that's second season, is it? Because I'm I'm not thinking second or third. I think when no, it? that's for uh, well, it depends on where you're counting from. If you're counting from when it was Justice League Just... and it became Justice League Unlimited, then it was it, it basically it's the first season of Justice League Unlimited, and I forget okay. how many seasons. I think Justice it was the third League season had. of Justice League because I had yeah, to yes. I had to go right. find it and and. Yeah. I seem it, to remember it being the third or either the third or the fifth. It, it says number is episode number seventy two, compo- uh, according to my uh, Justice League episodes that I've got here. So I've got all the Superman and all the Batman. I need to start picking those ones up. I think I've got them all here. Uh, I might. We'll just check. We'll check that. But I think I got it from. I think I already have all of them here. So, but and, and those were all done. You know the, even though the the uh, the art was a little. Would, would I say would would, it, would you say it was a little bit anime or manga influenced? Yeah, well, it's necessarily no. it, it was necessarily lower budget than the movie was. Yes. You know they, yeah. they couldn't spend, and there was a good amount of it. I think that was either computer generated and then animated over, or just computer. You know, like the set the the their satellite was like. I oh, think yeah. a computer model, you know, CG, and stuff. Yeah. And there was some stuff. There were some little elements that I saw there that I thought, okay, this has been computer jimmied yeah. with a little bit. But that didn't. They, it still worked out really good. The the characters are strong enough to make up for yes. any of that. Yeah. That's what. It's, it's a little stylized, and, and that's but it, it works now. You know, and it's a lot. It's certainly a lot better than what they did with the Teen Titans and uh, the and the Legion superhero. When, when you talk about. Uh, when you talk about uh, 
influenced by anime. I think of the the Teen Titans. I think of the uh, the Batman right. DVD that came out, Gotham Knights, whatever. Yeah. You know, I don't think about Justice League as anime, but then no. I know you know you are a, a lot bigger fan of anime and that that kind of stuff. So maybe uh, who is you? I, I despise anime. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're, Scott, good, you're yeah, in maybe good you, company then. I was gonna say you and Scott could do a show on anime. Yeah, we should. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. Uh, how how long does it take to say I really hate that crap? Well, every well, have every episode. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Every episode will be five minutes long, with right. four minutes of it being intro and outro. Man, so that how, looks like how crap. How did you like yeah. Full Metal Alchemist? It was crap. Okay. How did you like it? Uh, and Galleon? It was no. crap. Yeah. To be honest no. with you, I only watched about 15 minutes of it before I had to go to the bathroom and throw up, and then I decided <laughs> I had better things to do, like yeah. you know, clip my toenails. You know, it'd yeah, be no. excellent is for D-Man and I to get together and call the episode something like you know, the Mega Anime Podcast or something, and then you know what we do is we come in at the beginning, we immediately tangent into something completely different, and do that for the whole rest of the yeah. episode. Oh, we're out of time. Yeah. The, I, I, the Super I can't Mega Happy talk. Anime Show. Happy lucky, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Happy fun time. Now, with with the few, <laughs> there's very few exceptions. Um, now, the only, the only time I, I would really tolerate that the 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 anime style or the manga style is the Robotech. And that's mainly for the stories, um, as opposed as opposed because the animation's tolerable, but yeah, you know, it's but, slightly uh, more American, yeah. Than, you know, your Pokemon's or even you know, yeah. It always it bugged me in the Teen Titans when you yeah. see Starfire somebody suddenly go completely chibi, um, yeah. And that was that was weird. It's like okay, well you've established the style and now you're changing it because she's getting emotional. It didn't. It didn't make sense, but now it makes sense to my buddy at work, who he not only that stuff, right? Yeah, he he enjoys it. Not only that, he's an artist and he he's very good at it. You know, um, well, it's a it's a language, yeah. you know, it's it is. It's, it's its own language, and I remember like first seeing manga <laughs> comics and anime comics, and not you know immediately dismissing them as being sloppily drawn. And stuff like that, but then I read a few, and then I and then I would start seeing that they people were working within a style, and some were mm. better than others and stuff. But I ne- like oh, yeah, I get still into just like, like lone wolf it's... and cub, cub sort of stuff. Yeah. But when it mm. gets to the people, when all of a sudden they're embarrassed and they turn into a little kid with a giant head ah. that's like all red face, that's when I start. It, yeah, it, it's just not me. And that's and the Teen it... Titan stuff, and that's the stuff they didn't do in Robotech. Hmm. And the, and even the Legion of Superheroes wasn't was was very close to the Teen Titans, and it was just as much as I loved the Legion, I just couldn't I couldn't take it. Really? Um, I any like time, yeah. I might be able to take fifteen or twenty minutes at a time, and that was about it. And just say, oh. <laughs> but they well, didn't. But, do, I didn't find they did the uh, the Teen Titans thing, and you know, going like I said, going chibi and you know, um, doing all yeah. that stuff. So, no, it was. It, it had a pretty serious tone. That that one at least had a pretty serious tone to it. Mm. I thought almost yeah. a little too. Like the thing about in in this one, Captain Marvel's like, uh, he you know he's Billy Batson basically. So he's a little kid, mm. and and he's you know totally buying into the whole Luther thing. And Luther's even manipulated him a little bit. But what they do is they call him in. And, you know, it would have been better. Superman's like his hero. Superman could have just taken him. And said, "Hey, look, you know, sometimes people appear that they change, but they don't really, kid. And yeah. you know, 
I, I'm telling you, I just have a feeling Luther's up to no good. You know, pretend that, you know, you know, keep, you know, keep it, you know, keep it up that, you know, that he's a good guy, but keep your eyes open, you know, and, and Billy Batson would have gone like, oh, okay, Superman, you know, I, I think he would have, and, but when he, when everybody like pig piled on him, he was, he was out the door, you know? Yeah. Well, Do you think that's a, a nod to, um, to Kingdom, Kingdom Come? Come? Yeah, it is. Where he's really manipulated by Luther. I was just saying the same thing because, because, because Captain Marvel, you know, he's always he always seems to side with Luther, you know, and, and from Kingdom Come, and that's and that's what he was he was fighting against Superman and that, you know, and that as well sort of thing. So because there's very few people that can stand toe to toe with 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 Superman, you know, you got Black Adam, Captain Captain Marvel, uh, the 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 parasite to some degree, because, mainly because he can leech his power after a while, but. You know, Metallo dark side. He's got the kryptonite heart. Right, yeah. yeah. But, you know, for just a straight fist fight, you know, it, but it's Superman and, and Captain Marvel. And, uh, but they always seem to have Captain Marvel side with Luther just to, to serve as his, his lackey. Because, you know, because I don't think Captain Marvel, you know, for Captain Marvel, fools have the wisdom of Solomon. He, he's not too bright. I know. I always yeah. think that. He was, it doesn't take the wisdom of Solomon to know you should stay, stay down, Superman. I was like, yeah, well, you ain't got no wisdom of Solomon at this <laughs> yeah. point, buddy. Well, at that point, I mean, Billy Batson in, in, in both of them, you know, I, I, I'm not that as up on Captain Marvel, but isn't sometimes, I always thought Captain Marvel sort of took the front and Billy Batson was sort of floating in limbo. No. And then no. And so, because, so Billy Batson would, he had all, he didn't seem to have any more knowledge or any more anything except for the brawn he had his powers but he was yeah. just a little kid in a in a mm. brawny body but exactly. yeah it's, it's it's a little it's the the boy trapped in the man's body mm-hmm. sort of thing but yep. uh and i and i like the whole thing that you know he 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 couldn't see the complexities of the rest of the rest of the justice league could and you know had had a bit of a fit about it i i like the black adam one a lot better because it had the origin story in it, and I love the subway train to the. Mm. I love the, the. I just. I remember reading that in Secret Origins of Superheroes when I was a little kid. You know, like my little, only little, problem little... with that one, and and I saw someone else post this on on Facebook, and I, I had to agree was that if it wasn't going to be a Superman versus Captain Marvel fight, then, and it was going to have the origin of Captain Marvel, then I wish they had left Superman out of it. As much as I really Mm. enjoyed the Superman versus Black Adam fight, I felt it kind of, it kind of stole the limelight away from Captain Marvel in his own origin story that it had Superman in there for so much of it. I think it would have been better served to be a... It didn't really fit in with the Justice League continuity too much to me or did, you know they seem to be it, that one just seemed to be like a little pocket story to me it's like, right yeah again a, yeah a, completely yeah. different story we could we could yeah. throw but i love the fact that james garner was uh shazam yeah and the guy <laughs> and the guy who plays the tiger the voice of the tiger he's talk about your low bass tone voice mm. he's got that he has like what he's got a richer voice than james earl jones that guy had some <laughs> serious bass Base to his voice, and uh, yeah, and I I just enjoyed that one because it was it was just sort of a light, fun adventure. You know, it was just sort of a. It reminded me of those two um, Shazam comics I read when I was at your place, 
over vacation right Scott. yeah that were both origin that were both pretty much origin stories so it's mm-hmm. like every time i encounter captain marvel recently it's been an, it's been like a little different take on the on the origin story you're about to get it again with Shazam the New Beginning too. <laughs> I'm I've never been a Captain Marvel fan because I always felt that he was just a Superman ripoff. And to be honest, I, I haven't even been that big a Superman fan except where he comes into the Justice League or the Batman or you know. Um so just having a uh red, cheesier version of Superman never did anything for me, but I'd probably be a little more interested if I saw some of those stories you're talking about there. Mm. I've always been a huge Captain Marvel fan, but it, it but it's an odd kind of fan uh, fanboyishness because there's not a lot of, in my opinion. Now, this is strictly my opinion, but in my opinion, there's not a lot of really truly great Captain Marvel. Well, he was kind of like That's... Plastic Man for right, the longest yeah. time. Well, yeah. It was like you know? it was like a cartoony super. It was like the little kid superhero and and the right. whole Marvel Mary Marvel. Although I it's, had a crush on Mary Marvel when I was a little little kid. It's more the concept of the character is what really appeals to me more than any specific stories is the idea of he is basically Superman. He, he to a certain oh, yeah. degree, he's almost Superman light because he's Superman with the flight ability, all the strength, all the invulnerability, that sort of thing, but none of like the vision did, powers did the and cheesy all that. Did the cheesy Saturday sort of morning show influence you at all in that? Oh, definitely. Scott? I mean, I was, okay. you know, yeah, that, that right. had a, a lot to do with it. But yeah, it's I the idea that, so. for me, especially as a child, it was the idea of, you know, when you're a child, what is it that you want to be more than anything? You want to be a grown up and you want to you want to be, you know, to yeah. to a child, a grown up is almost like a superhero. You know, they're bigger, they're stronger, you know, they're more they, powerful. So it was, they can drive cars, gets, they have gets, money. Yeah, he gets right, to have yeah. the best of both worlds, too. So he gets to ultimate, be a kid and a adult. Right. So it's the ultimate uh power trip wish fulfillment is that with one magic word you could instantly become not just a grown-up but the most powerful grown-up that that there is you know the the world's most powerful mortal so that was always a very strong identifier for me as a kid i really identified with with billy you know and and this wish fulfillment idea of you know shazam all of a sudden he's captain marvel who could hold himself toe to toe with Superman. And I always actually like to envision that Captain Marvel, you know, in a, in a full knockdown drag out, I always kind of like to think that Captain Marvel could actually beat Superman because of the magic thing. Yeah. Because of the magic thing. And I think that there should be at least one or two people in the DC universe capable of actually taking Superman down. Should the necessary, you know, the necessity ever arise. Well, see, and the I, implication I think, in Loeb, I think he thinks the same thing you do. Right. Because his dialogue pretty much says that. He says, uh, Captain Marvel, I don't know, he says it differently in the in the DVD, but it's the same idea. It basically says, I've taken you down before. Right. Do you really want to do this again? And right. It's, well, like, it's, it's a, not a, that's, it's not a that's sure a, thing that he's going to win, but he's he knows that he can. He can, yeah. Now, I mean, uh, in the JLU episode, he even says, you've always been at, we had a weakness for magic sort right. of thing. And that, and, and then he starts hitting him with the Shazam bolt. And then, then Superman gets smart because Superman is a lot smarter than Captain Marvel and, and spins around and uh, Shazam takes the sham, Shazam bolt and turns back to Billy Batson. And then, and then he quickly gags him. Okay. He goes, you're done. 
you know. <laughs> yeah, fight's over, kid. And I, 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 I like, though, that it sort of blasted Superman's S off, you know. Mm. It, it sort of right. took his S off because, <laughs> well, hey, I, I didn't even mean that, but, yeah, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> and and because Superman was tarnished after that to him, you know, Superman and Superman it was already getting a little. You could tell he was getting a little jealous of him in that one, getting a little grumpy around him and yeah and stuff. So so it symbolized, you know, the tarnishing of Superman's, you know, perfection to to Billy Batson really well. And, well, uh, yeah, that's what I liked in that JLU episode because he goes first he he screws up he's tongue tied and he says you know you're you're my number one fan or he goes you're gonna be my number one fan sort of thing and and Superman sort of looks at him and like what. He goes, oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm your, I'm your biggest fan. And then in the end, he gets, he gets. Well, you guys aren't heroes anymore. And, he, and then he sulks. So you know, I'm going back to Fawcett City because you guys aren't. You know, I looked up to you. You guys were heroes, and you're not heroes anymore. It's like, okay, okay, hit. You know, don't don't let the door hit you where the Lord split you there, uh, <laughs> see, Billy. I love that part though because I see that very much as a kid throwing a tantrum. A yeah. Oh, that's well, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. You guys, you guys don't play fair, so I'm taking my ball and bat and I'm going home. And I yeah. Oh, that's I, what I very much, very much it is. See yeah. it that way. Yeah, and I and I love it for that that wonderful innocence to that scene of. Captain Marvel sees things very much in black and white as a hero. A hero does this because a hero is a good guy. And yeah, I love everybody that. deserves a second chance. Why aren't you giving him a second chance? Right. You know, and I think it's very, I think it's very interesting in that particular episode mm. that of all people, it's the other guy who's frequently called a big blue boy scout that gives him the most crap. I think that's really a, a beautiful dynamic in that story. I love it. Well, they're you know, working. Yeah. They're working. The Superman is to Luther what Kirk was to the Klingons in the original movies. You know, right? They're, they're, you know, not nothing, nothing that any Klingon was gonna say was gonna sway Kirk. He was just like he wasn't gonna trust him. The same thing. Same thing with Superman, and 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 everybody was giving Superman a little, except for Batman, a little bit of the hairy eyeball because they're like, hey, aren't you getting a little too? Uh, crazy on the luther th you know the you know maybe you want to ixnay on the uther lore thing because you're starting to act <laughs> like it's a grudge or something but yeah. the thing about that is i i just i don't get over the fact that like i i mean yes people can in in public relations you can you can make the most scroungy person very popular but could you make Charles Manson president of the United States yeah. you know L luther's responsible for the deaths of untold people i don't probably in any continuity there is you know in any of the various continuities or, or at the very least he's plotted to destroy the world huge chunks of the world whatever so the question is in which how do you, you know, get out of ever prison ever <laughs> well exactly and the question is how much of that be actually became public how much of what we see in the comics it's like it's like the uh, the sort of complaints in the in the I guess the Incredibles movie, which I thought was hilarious. The the idea of the bad guy getting off because uh, the hero didn't do things exactly legally. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. Like you'd right. have to really go into a, a lot more serious story yeah. about that to to take it seriously. Yeah. 
And and it might ruin it if you did yeah. <laughs> that too much. You know, I, so. I love that episode because while I, I I think Superman is is just a bit too dickish in that one, he he's almost <laughs> played to the point of being kind of a, a kind of a bad guy or you know kind of <laughs> overbearing. I guess for sure. he's definitely the heavy. But I liked how they worked the whole thing together, and and it didn't feel terribly contrived that they were really playing up the old 50s comic book rivalry between Superman and Captain Marvel when yeah. they were owned by two completely different companies and there was the lawsuit yeah. going on and all that sort of thing. I loved that and I thought that this was a beautiful you know, homage to, to that whole oh, thing yeah. without, you know, coming right out and, and saying it, you know what I mean? That, yeah. that they worked it within the story and you know the story's a little loosey goosey with the whole Luthor thing, but it works enough that you do get these two fighting on opposite sides, you know, and and it's not. It, it works to me. It works, you know, enough to where I buy that these two are actually fighting over a reason rather than they're just fighting because they're two you know alpha males in the same room or something. Right. I thought yeah. it was kind of pushing it that Superman would allow all of Luthor's city to get completely destroyed. Yeah, before he actually went and, and but he gets uh, carried away though, and right, that's that's right. kind of what I liked is he finally found somebody that he could really unleash on, and right from the moment they they first share the screen in the episode, Superman takes an instant disliking to this guy. So, well, the first while, thing they take out is Luther's hospital too. The first building that <laughs> that goes down is a hospital geez. building, and I'm like, yeah. man, Superman's got to get he's got to sit down with a PR guy and get read the the. The riot act, because yeah, even <laughs> even if Luther's a bad guy, if he's building a children's hospital, at least let the children, you know, <laughs> the children yeah, he was suffer a... because. <laughs> but but that power that power generator was actually a bomb, and because at the end anyway, I think so. It, so it worked out. Even you know Luther's mechanizations uh, even worked out better than planned. And but what I don't get in in both in both. Uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, and also in that JLU episode is what's the deal with him and Amanda Connors? Or not Amanda Connors, Amanda uh, Waller, the wall. Waller, yeah. Yeah. That's like, just evidence of him going nuts, honestly. He, they do that in the books. <laughs> are, 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 he, he, oh. He's like, and you're going to be a part of the future. And, and, and he just lays on this kiss and she's just so stunned she can't do it. But he's, he's actually what he's doing. It's not steroids in the books. He's combining Venom, Bane's formula. Okay, he's combining that with liquid kryptonite. I mean, he's he's completely wow. off his rocker at that point. He's been able to hide it up to this point, but it's sort of like his when he does that. Amanda Waller's like, okay, he's he's lost it. He's gone. Yeah, because <laughs> because I can think of at least a thousand other uh, you know women in the DC universe who I'd rather kiss than Amanda Waller. You know, you know the big you know you know fat well, I- Oprah. I looked at it that he was he was figuring that he was doing that to manipulate her, and he figured she would be so thrilled that Mister Steroid Luther <laughs> President guy would want to make out with her. That but she was you know she was obviously I don't know anything about her character, but she was obviously very intelligent and like sort yes. of like his oh his yeah Jiminy, she... his evil Jiminy Cricket you know just basically <laughs> reeling him in and keeping him. She was like a pres she was his presidential advisor you know she was yeah. like. What, what's and her, she's she, very she was like, she was like Oprah Winfrey crossed with Condoleezza Rice, you know. <laughs> yeah, she's very manipulative in the comics. I mean, you can't yeah. tell half the time she's a good guy or a bad guy. I love the way they used her in Batman Beyond. 
It's actually it's not in Batman Beyond, but it's in the in the Justice League uh, yes. cartoon again. And mm. uh, I just realized that the genetic combination of Condoleezza Rice and Oprah Winfrey would be both of their worst nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Oprah Oprah's manip- manipulating enough on her own right, yeah. so <laughs> right, and, right. and give and give her the ability, you know, the uh, 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 political uh, power like Con- Condi does, you know. Yeah, it would. It would I mean, be. Oprah would... has already unleashed one of the worst scourges on mankind, which is Doctor Phil. So let's not give her. <laughs> oh any my God! Time. Yeah, he was on the TV today, and, and uh, my roommate was watching that. Yes, let, the less said about Doctor Phil, the better. Yes, the absolute land. <laughs> How's that working for you, anyway? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear. Doctor Phil saved my marriage. Oh wait, I was never married. I don't know what happened with Doctor Phil. Tonight. <laughs> it was all fake. It was all a fog. Well, anybody that that knows me and knows my me. comic book taste knows that it's <laughs> no secret how I feel about about Grant Morrison. But one of the things that he did um, during his run on JLA that that I thought was completely awesome was there was that one storyline. I can't remember the specifics of what was going on, but they needed to take Superman out of the equation in one of the stories. And they had Captain Marvel go to the Watchtower. And he just walks up and Superman's like, I don't know, I want to see he's like sitting there like reading a paper or drinking coffee or something. He's like, hey, Bill, how's it going? And Captain Marvel sucker punches him and knocks him stone cold out. And it was great. And I thought, yep. That's why I like Captain Marvel because he's yeah. one of the few guys that could actually do that. You know, yeah, believably, yeah, yeah, and it was completely believable. I need to reread that story because I, I, I forget what the details was, but I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was probably one of the uh, team ups or something like that, but it was it was fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic, but come on, you just don't sucker punch Superman. <laughs> well, Captain, now, I Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, no, I don't think would. <laughs> Gardner, you can sucker punch quite effectively, but <laughs> well, guy's got a glass jaw, so he, he you know. <laughs> but down, down he goes. But anyways, one punch. <laughs> I, I still have that episode, that issue. That was a great issue, but um. So we uh, we talked about Superman, Batman. We talked about the JL. You you'd want to talk about the. Uh, the is it first light or you know first first lightning or whatever what's what's the, what's know, the superman sure shazam that is yeah it was uh Sh- superman shazam what was it return of black adam right yeah oh yeah it's return yeah. of yeah. yeah 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 people were generally disappointed with that not because i think they did a bad job with it but because people were expecting a full length and it wasn't it was it, like, it was it, it was very short yes whatever but it was you know but it wasn't a full length like the like the previous ones, like the Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, you know. So that's I think where people were felt Just like they if were you, misled. If he came out with like a DVD with like four of those on it, you know, mm-hmm. eighty to a hundred, you know, four or five of those, four or five twenty minute. Well, I think that's the DVD like, that it's on, isn't it? Oh, really? It, is that it, what it, it is? Yeah, it collects yeah. Oh, all okay. The, but it's ones that they've done before. Yeah, that was the other cheat though. Like it's the stories that they put as shorts on the ones like like uh, Apocalypse has uh, a Green Arrow story, right? Well, that's the kind of thing that you're going to find something that's already been published, and it's just 
re-put on the, the Superman yeah. Sam. I I would call that, you know, DC and or um or what what not analogy, what or what's the word I'm searching for? The anthology. The, anthology, yes, thank you. Yeah. The anthology right. number one and, and just list it off. You know, we got Superman, Captain Marvel, you know, Return of the Black Adam, we got uh, Wonder Woman, re- return to, you know, Themyscira or something, you know, or, but, uh, and stuff like that. And then, so at least you know what you're getting. You say, okay, we're not getting full length, a full length movie, but right. we're getting, you know, so many, you know, a, an anthology, a, bunch, a collection of, you know, a half dozen shorter lengths, you know, 45 minute, say, um, episodes sort of thing. I think that might work. Bother to do their research, you know, like we would would realize mm-hmm. that that's what it was but you know if if the average viewer was just you know going to walmart and picking stuff up and saying oh i really liked what dc did with this i'm gonna grab it and then they were disappointed and yeah but there's okay, a guy at work basically that, that that that's exactly what happened to him right mm-hmm. and i'm not saying that dc did anything wrong i mean because like i say it, it's right there in black and white if you want to actually pick up the back of the dvd and read it but it's just the implication that this is the same as the Superman Batman or the or the you know Red Hood or any of the other full length ones, right? Full length. But, but really, how much of the general masses are actually picking these up? That's my question. You'd be. I I got guys at work who will not go anywhere near a comic book store and who who pick these up and buy them and and watch yeah, them. Yeah, I bet you a lot of people get them for their kids and then mm. watch them and go ooh ooh yep. Yeah. Well, I I, I get them because I I want to see them and and uh, I would I always ask my boy if, you know come come watch this with me and he says no nah, I don't want to I don't like that <laughs> you know I just I, you know he it's like okay do you realize I, you got a cool dad my dad would never have done this <laughs> for me be grateful like, for me kid <laughs> yeah be, be great you're gonna appreciate you know that I'm a complete loser someday um, <laughs> but anyways what do you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We pretty much stay away from politics. Although I will say this: that the part in the very beginning of uh, Superman, Batman, Public Enemies, where Captain Adam and the gang come to Superman and they're trying to convince him that you know the president's not such a bad guy. You really need to back off, and you know, can't you see the good he's done and all that? And Superman's like, "No, I'll never believe in him." I was like, <laughs> "Damn straight, dude! I got your back on this situation. Totally feel where you're coming from, brother." Uh, oh, uh, I, I've seen your post. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, yeah, maybe Superman was being kind of a dick, but you can't blame him for taking all the Lex Luthor trying to kill him stuff personal. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of water yeah, right. under the bridge with that. It's <laughs> yeah, a lot. There's exactly. a lot of history there. You, you don't just he you, you don't leopard doesn't change the spots overnight, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, it worked so. well within the story because it made Superman seem a little bit you know luther could manipulate it to be like ah you know superman's just got an axe to grind with me yeah, <laughs> yeah. which yeah. is actually oh, true and actually was a good reason <laughs> oh yeah he was he, he, he was a mass he was a he was a master spin doctor for sure but. see that's why i thought it was so appropriate i mean i know there's a lot of continuity a lot of history where he's he's just the nuts uh almost mad scientist and then they turn him into the the, the equivalent is a businessman, and then they turn him into, you know what I mean? There's like a lot of different Luthers when you look over the years. And that's, that's um, what people do in the sphere of public eye. They'll, they'll cha- a lot of people yeah. change, you know, 
change gears. Ronald Reagan went from being an actor in the public eye as Schwarzenegger to yeah. lots of actors have since Reagan really have gone into politics. Well, and yeah, and I had to laugh. Gears. One of the facts about Reagan is that uh, they wanted to cast an actor as as a president in one of his earlier movies, and he was not cast. Someone else was cast for it because the director didn't think he made a believable president. He was president. presidential <laughs> enough. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> Whoops. But anyway. <laughs> that looks good in the in the history books of Hollywood, yeah. That's that gorgeous, guy. yeah. It's like the, like the movie companies that, that, that passed on Star Wars, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, and I mean, I mean, Schwarzenegger, sometimes when, when you see Schwarzenegger, you think of him, some people think of him more as a politician now than an actor. I'll never not think of him as a. He, as no, he, he'll always be an actor. <laughs> to me, he'll Although, always be an actor. LeVar and Bur- you distinguish that from politicians how? <laughs> George Takai yeah. had the greatest tweet my roommate found on. I, I hadn't heard of this, but I guess Schwarzenegger, they just found out. He's getting divorced from his wife, but I guess the reason was they had like a live-in assistant or something, and he impregnated yeah. her, and she had the yeah. kid, and the kid lived there, and he recently yeah, was, just like oh, I would have expected it was the fact that she looks like a horse. I, I really thought that was the <laughs> she, she looks is like one of the ugliest women women alive. Yeah, she is horridly ugly. I, I mean, she was not a beauty prize when they got married, but she has got steadily more like Skeletor face over the years. And she's well, just hideous. Who, Maria? I call Maria it, I call it praying Oh, yeah, yeah. Praying Maria shriveled head. is what she looks like. But, um, <laughs> but you know, so he had this, this, you know, this kid and was living in the house, and and he and the woman knew that it was his kid, but his wife didn't know and all that. Well, anyway, <laughs> Takai was like, you know, it's a really tragic situation and everything, and, and Schwarzenegger's going to get a lot of guff for it, but nobody realizes, you know, that he is – you know, this is the person who's going to take down Skynet eventually. So it had to be. <laughs> there you go. Mm-hmm. It's important, you know. Well, she was reading this to me, and I actually I didn't know it was a George Takai quote. I thought it was a quote from Schwarzenegger, and I'm like, wow, he's taking this very uh, jocularly. <laughs> <laughs> he's being really jokey about this. That's uh, <laughs> that's kind of endearing. And she's like, no, that's what George Takai said, and I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, <laughs> I like George. I do. That's cool. Yeah, he was he was very cool when I saw him at Polaris. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you, uh, uh, Chris. You're you're a stone's throw away from Toronto, aren't you? Maybe yeah, about I'm four four or five hours. Not even. Yeah. Yeah, you really should go up to uh, Polaris, which is which is um, the Sci Fi Convention in July, um, because they're going to have some. Some really cool stars. The guy who played one of the the, the ball one who who was in Chuck and uh, um, who played Jane on 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 Firefly. He's going to be there. Uh, Armin Zimmerman, uh, Ben Broder oh, from cool. Stargate, uh, and I would love to. I, and of course, the, the I would love to be going up this year. And I wish Blake and I could both go up because yeah. not only are they are there that you know, and there's a lot of Stargate connections, but the guy who's finishing the Robert Jordan books is going to be there as well. So. Oh, really. So, I, haven't, yeah. I haven't been to Canada in a, in a long time. Last well, time I was in was I was in in Toronto. I love Toronto. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's where it is. This is this is uh, Toronto, uh, not too far from the airport. So, uh, you know, if if you're if you're interested this summer, you just go look up Polaris uh, twenty five on uh, on Google it, and 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 uh, you should have the whole you know the the cast so far of of, of attendees and stuff. So. So if if, the, if any of those names jump out at you now, of course we got 
Halcon come up in in uh, Halloween weekend in October, and uh, Aaron Gray's going to be there. Again? So, oh, oh, oh yes. Oh yeah, Aaron you Gray. Aaron Gray. I forgot. Aaron huh? Gray is going. So that's like almost <laughs> blasphemy for me to even ask. You know? <laughs> yeah, she was one of my top ten growing up. You know, there was Linda Carter was number one, Cheryl Lad was number two, and I would say Aaron was in definitely the top five, if not number three. So. She still you know. looks fine too. Oh yeah, she yeah, she has aged very well. But anyways, uh Yeah, we once again see this this is what we do. This is kind of our show. <laughs> we, we we do have a topic and it's quickly abandoned and we just kind of do something else. So. <laughs> so we always stick to topic. You know, if, if oh, yeah. you show it all, you know that we always stick <laughs> Hey, to we topic. hit the gravy on the topic, I thought, you know. No, now we, we're having yeah. some dessert. We, you know, yeah. we had our meat and potatoes and now we're having a little chocolate mousse. Absolutely. Chocolate mousse. Yeah. Is that a Canadian uh, joke? No, but, yeah, no, but I the... thought it had a little French French to it after I said it, and <laughs> I thought it might be a little more appropriate. Uh, uh, what was? Uh, did anybody ever see Top Secret? Yes. The the the, the black guy in that the, the he was the, from France. His name was Chocolate Mousse. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and they were having and they were having the big the the big gun fight at one point, and every time they would. He would, some one guy would turn around. I think it was him mainly. Uh, he would break out a different window, and so you break out one window, fire out of it, and then he go to the next window, break that break one out. He couldn't out fire. fire he could never fire through the same pane twice, sort of thing. And it was just it was just ridiculous, but it was so funny. <laughs> but uh, yeah, chocolate mousse. Um, <laughs> yeah. So we we ate our we ate our back bacon and poutine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> poutine, poutine, yes. <laughs> uh, that's which which sounds something, have, uh, something different. In Rochester. Sounds rude, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. Well, how, however, you guys say that up there. <laughs> well, yeah, that, listen to some is, rush while we're eating. <laughs> it is always well, awesome to have you guys, and I definitely want to have you come back again, and we will cover that uh, that second movie that uh, for sure thing. Yeah, apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make we'll watch that and. Uh, and uh, now I think we're going to have to have you guys on, definitely. You know, if if not sooner, we're going to have to have you on for the Planet of the Apes there this summer in August. Ooh, so yes, well, I'll be yes. seeing that as soon as it comes out. I'm pretty oh, psyched yes. for that. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm I'm um, kind of if it has a talking dog or a monkey in it, I'm kind of committed to it. I I know I'm in the minority here. As soon as you guys started talking about dogs and apes, because uh, when uh, when they decided to to killed the titans book and the young justice book and they they did graduation day miniseries and they ended up bringing out the teen titans and the outsiders with uh uh dick nightwing uh in charge of the outsiders i i picked up both books of the first first issue and the uh the first issue of of teen titans ended with um uh, deathstroke taking a shotgun to impulse's knee and blowing it out it was it was a very serious story the (laughs) the outsiders book ended with a bunch of apes invading metropolis an ocean Mm. liner or something right right off the coast of either metropolis or new york i can't remember yeah i remember that yeah and it's pretty pretty crap yeah (laughs) so i immediately went okay i'm subscribing to teen titans Goodbye, outsiders. <laughs> and we're gonna, we're gonna have to have a whole uh, apes mini series because we've yeah. got all the all the Planet of the Apes. We've got the Marvel Apes uh, books yeah. that I had to pick up. We got um, 
course, you got the the random apes like Changeling and who and Gorilla Grodd and those guys. So that's all. That's a whole. I, I want to see a scene. I the the one scene that I want to see that I thought about earlier. I want to see that gorilla mind controlling, you know, uh, a, a Kryptonian villain, and saying kneel before Grodd. <laughs> no, I think that yeah. joke has been done. Believe it or not, I think yes, there has oh, actually been a kneel before Grodd zo- joke. I'm pretty sure there has been. Yeah, but it has to be. It has to be Zod that that has to kneel. You know, it's just not yeah. the same. <laughs> kneel before Grodd. Yeah. Uh, and you got the ultra humanite and the whole bunch. So yeah, so I'll uh, I'll, uh, I'll I'll think on that thing. But right now, I think we I'm going to uh, to uh, sign off here, guys. Thank you again for having us all on uh, your show. Hey, uh, so say, we're just trying to it's talk. A pleasure. Pass out, man. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna pa- we're gonna pass out before they out uh, they will because we're an hour ahead. So they've right. got an hour. You know. We collect people passing out on our show and then mm. oh, you know what? over and I over again. Of, yeah, you guys probably do have to go because I know that they roll up your streets at like 6 o'clock, oh. so they probably turn your power off right about midnight, right? That's when the beavers that run the treadmills that, that generate the electricity have to nap for a little while. <laughs> yeah, So we're going to lose connection here any, any minute anyway. Yeah. You know? yeah. Well, you lose connections a lot of time because a lumberjack will just hit a stray axe blow and take out the internet wire. Yeah, yeah. Wow. it's happened. <laughs> you got to call up the Mounties to go fix it. We had our local exchange carrier uh, go on strike uh, about four years ago, and I worked for the opposite company. I worked for the competitor, at, but we lost all communication to the island of Newfoundland because some uh, union member decided to take an axe to the fiber Oops. optic line that... Uh, <laughs> That connects the <laughs> island to uh, the rest of Canada. Just like, oh my goodness! Like, Screw the Newfies. Uh, <laughs> Newfoundland had actually like drifted away off into the Atlantic. That would have been the best story ever. Yeah, yeah. New- Newfoundlands and and Quebec are both like Texas. You know, they, yes. I think that they and so they uh, they they would both secede if they if they could. But uh i i uh, so, so we're gonna wrap it up here we guys to oh, yeah, it sounds like yeah okay yeah i gotta wrap it up I, I i would gladly stay and talk but i got i do have to go to work tomorrow so yeah, i i do too uh, early so but well, uh, it's been, coming guys. On, guys. no you're welcome man. <laughs> it's been a blast thank, thank you for having us talk to, we'll talk to you later take care night, yeah, man. night. Do you ever find yourself going to Amazon.com and uh, buying some record or movie or some stupid thing that two true freaks have been talking about so that you can catch up on it or you've been reminded of it or something? Well, now, how about this? Instead of going to Amazon.com, go to twotruefreaks.libsyn.com and follow our link 
to Amazon.com. When you do that, if you buy something over at Amazon, we get a little cut out of it, which is awesome because we love money and it won't cost you a thing. Did you know you can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows? That's right. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.libson.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Libsyn is spelled L-I-B-S-Y-N. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. Dumbass. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com, where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. Two True Freaks has been brought to you today by Damanzo Corps of Milan, Italy, and by the letters F and U.